Yeah, laying down the law. I like that. Uh, <laughs> let's... You could try living with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I probably would not be able to. Uh, I don't follow rules very well. Or I do, but it just takes me like three weeks, you know? To... <laughs> that wouldn't work out. Wash the dishes? I'll do it in the morning. <laughs> they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire tragically hip discography they love their canadian football john fraser a winnipeg blue bombers fan and sports reporter from saskatoon does this mean i have to start researching and travis cura a saskatchewan rough riders fan and radio announcer from red deer does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season bring you the two and out cfl podcast every week fraser and cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a Double double. It's time for the two and out podcast. Ready, set, hunt. Welcome to episode 13 of the two and out CFL podcast. Now, normally it is John Fraser, it is Travis Curra, myself, but John totally forgot that record day was his anniversary. I talked to him the day before. He was. <laughs> He was good to go. I talked to him the morning of. He was good to go. Then about an hour before, uh, it's my anniversary, man. So I went to Twitter. I recruited a new co-host. And stepping up to the plate is Janine from the Bleed Red Blacks podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. I got to say, I'm sorry for John's wife that uh, (laughs) got his anniversary. But hey, this works out for me. (laughs) Now, what would you do if your husband totally forgot that... (laughs) It was your anniversary. I got to be honest, the likelihood is that I would forget. Oh, no. <laughs> and that I would upset him. So <laughs> I think we have to ask him how he would feel. <laughs> now, you just finished uh, a nice vacation out west. You ended up seeing yes. the uh, the Foo Fighters. And did you, I, I, I don't really want to ask, but did you see the Ottawa Stampeders game on Saturday? I did. I did. So that was all part of the grand plan. We found a couple of concerts in Calgary that my husband and I had wanted to see. So we saw Mumford and Sons and Foo Fighters. And we're really excited to tackle on the Saturday because the Red Blacks just happened to be in town. Yeah. And that excitement petered out a little bit after the end of the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take we long. Hung in there. We hung in there. You stayed the whole game? We stayed the whole We left maybe. I never do this, but I admit that we left with five minutes left in this one because we had a... Uh, 6 a.m. flight the oh. next morning, and it's a lot easier to take a 6 a.m. flight when your team stays in it until the end. It's not as easy when they're out of it after the first that's, that's the tough thing about sports because it's pretty much guaranteed if you travel somewhere for a concert, you're going to enjoy it. But if you travel somewhere for sports, your team could just totally stink out the joint, and that's what happened to you. <laughs> Unfortunately, but you know, I have to say it was still a great, Calgary's a great city, it yeah. was a great time, some uh, Stamps fans that uh, I met last year at Grey Cup and who were up here for the Stamps game uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I met up with them and they introduced me to some of the people um, at the tailgate that they hang out at and it was, despite the score and despite the fact that I had to wear long johns because it was so bloody cold <laughs> in the stands, uh, I had a great time, so uh, so it was a lot of fun to be in Calgary. It's kind of funny, because I went to the Foo Fighters as well last week and Wednesday, and I kind of wanted to mention that I think... Now, tell me if I'm off base here, because I think I totally am. Last week on the podcast, we uh, gave a big shout-out to the band Rush, and we played, uh-huh. the, we played the song Tom Sawyer. Well, yes. the Foo Fighters played Tom Sawyer when I was at the show. I heard they did. So does that I mean heard. Dave Grohl was listening to the show? <laughs> oh, it must be. I'm, I'm sure Dave Grohl is a CFL fan. I'm sure he is. And if he didn't know it before, he knows it now that there's a huge rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary. Oh, yeah, for sure. Every time he mentioned Edmonton, that crowd went, like, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he probably said Edmonton was super loud last night. You guys really need to bring it tonight. And then that pretty that probably ramped up the crowd, eh? 
Yeah, I was wondering, did he tell Edmonton that they were the loudest crowd ever because he kept saying that to Calgary? And I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure this just insert city name here. <laughs> he actually didn't call us the loudest crowd oh, ever. there you go. So maybe Calgary's louder than you guys. Maybe you need to work on this. So I guess you did your job. Well, I might have been pretty far away from that stage, but I admit, uh, I admit, I did, uh, I did a lot of screaming. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was a pretty great show. I, I have to say, I'm a, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan, so I'm used to the three plus hour concert. Yeah. Uh, and when I find another band that gets close to that three hours, I'm always pretty excited. So uh, it was a great, great show. That's really cool. Now, before we get to the football news, I do have a special guest coming on later in the show. And now I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Janine, but it's Macho Man Ryder Savage. And I know I have <laughs> heard of you. <laughs> and I know that we got into a bit of a Twitter exchange last week. That you're you're kind of a fan of the old school wrestling, the eighties and the early nineties. Um, yeah. So you yeah, do I'm know. I'm the Hitman Heart girl myself. I've got a poster of him hanging in my office. Still, my husband wouldn't let me. <laughs> He's not a wrestling fan. Not. He doesn't come from the blue collar upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So he's got the long hair and those cool sunglasses and everything, mm-hmm. eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leather jacket. He's wearing the leather jacket. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love me some Bret Hart. So uh, Macho Man Ryder Savage will be joining the show later on. I'm really looking, and he's doing, he is Ryder Savage. He'll be doing it all in uh, character, and I think he's going to be cutting a promo on the Stampeders, so that'll be fun to hear from him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, let's get to the news. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the 2 and Out Podcast. All right, of course, revealed earlier today, it does look like Calgary Stampeders are going to have a new home to play in in, I guess, Mm -hmm. three years or so. Did you see the... It looks really cool. It looks really fantastic. I think I was reading um, 14th Street and Crowchild, so just south of the Bow River, so it's close enough to downtown that uh, it's... I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a great location and a great spot right on the river, and it looks fantastic. I'm excited for Calgary. And when I when I first saw the designs, I was kind of worried that it wouldn't, um, because the big knock with me in Edmonton is that that, that track makes you a, a lot longer from the field, so you're not mm-hmm. right close to the action. But it looks like the stadium in Calgary it's going to have retractable seats, so it can go over the track when there's football on. So so you'll be right close to the action and the Stampeders. So this is great news. And it's also indoors. Uh, I do have a soft spot for games in the snow, though. So I'm going to miss those. <laughs> How many of those do you get? You must get a lot in Ottawa. It seems like there's always the torrential downpour monsoon games there. Yeah, we've had a monsoon game or two here. Uh, we haven't had a snow game, though, yet. Our last home game of the season was October, it was Halloween last year, yep. and of course we didn't make the playoffs, so there was no playoff, um, no playoff action here, but it was cold on October 31st, but no snow, so we haven't had that here yet, but I'm an avid uh, Grey Cup goer, so I've sat in my fair share of uh, temporary metal stands <laughs> in the minus 25 weather. How many have you been to? Everyone since 2007. Okay, and I'm everyone since 2009, and the coldest one had to be the one in Edmonton in 2010 for me. That was cold. That was a cold one. And the Saskatchewan one, the entire weekend was cold, but by game day it got nice. So, well, nice by Saskatchewan standards. (laughs) Minus 15 was pretty okay. I don't know what would... I honestly don't know if I could have stayed there if it was like it was on the Friday and Saturday, like minus 35 I I don't know if I would have been able to stay in the stands the whole game. Yeah, and well, we were in the we were in the end zone that year, and uh, those metal stands get pretty pretty cold. But uh, but I would say Edmonton was the coldest we've been to so far, and uh, yeah, <laughs> this the, year might be pretty cold in the peg as well. I was gonna say there's good potential for a November 29th game in Winnipeg to be uh, bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm from the peg, so I really can't complain yeah, uh, about the weather there. <laughs> it's like going home for you. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, if you need a place to stay, just let me know. I got a whole bunch of family that can hook you up. Hey, perfect. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of the riders, I found this really incredible. They announced that Mosaic Stadium is sold out for this Saturday's game against the Calgary Stampeders. I don't know many. Like, now, props to Ottawa fans. Last year was a yep. tough year, 2-16, and 16, and I think you sold out the whole season, right? We sold out the whole season last year, yep. And uh, this game is going to be sold out 0-7. The Calgary Stampeders rolling into town, so that place is going to be rocking on Saturday. So props to them. Uh, some sad news, I guess, coming out of BC, the defending... Most outstanding yes. player, Solomon Alamimian. He's on the six-game list after hurting his Achilles. What is it with the Achilles this year, eh? I know. It seems to be Achilles injury after Achilles injury. And they're saying six game, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know that you come back from an Achilles in a season. So, ugh, not good for BC fans. Yeah, when I saw the Achilles tear, I, I thought... And they haven't said he's out for the year, but... It's going to be tough. I can't see him coming back this year. It looks like Alex Hoffman Ellis will be filling in on defense, and he's been mm-hmm. uh, he's been great on special teams. So if he, if he can be half that good on defense, then yeah. it's a great opportunity for him. Well, and it's always I mean it's a horrible thing when you see a guy go down, yeah. especially a guy like Elaminian. But it's always it's always exciting to see the next guy up and see what they can do. So. Uh, you know, I hope that we see some. Uh, I hope that we see a new talent emerge in the CFL as a result of this, and that will that will keep the game a little bit exciting for us fans. Yeah, it's really cool, and I kind of wrote about this on CFLPass.ca that uh, Travis Lule or uh, you know Andrew Harris might be considered the face of the franchise in BC, but Solomon Alamimian, and it's very rare these days for a defensive player to. Uh, be maybe the most popular or the face of the mm-hmm. franchise of the team, but he's that guy. So it's going to be it's going to be tough in BC uh, yeah. without him there for sure. Now, <laughs> did you catch the Twitter war started by Jasper Simmons' agent? I, <laughs> I caught it in the airport lounge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so and I I think I heard I haven't caught, I haven't been on Twitter as much today, but I think I heard that. Simmons was released by Calgary today as well. He did. And now uh, there's a lot of speculation about this, whether it was kind of like Jasper saying, hey, yeah, uh, you can go on Twitter to his agent and do this. But it kind of snowballed because the agent made the tweets and he just kind of wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And then Markway McDaniel. I know. <laughs> That was totally uncalled for. He starts tweeting, calling out Maurice Price, and then I know. <laughs> I couldn't like that's the part that I found a little bit surreal yeah. was the whole throwing your former teammate under the bus like that. And uh, look, there's no doubt about it. As a Red Blacks fan, I think I'm speaking for many of us when I say we're disappointed in yeah uh, in what we're seeing out of Mo Price. But uh, the Mo Price we're seeing this year is not the same guy uh, when he wasn't injured as as the stamps had and I was just really surprised to see his former teammate jump in like that but Bo Levi Mitchell came to his defense which I thought was pretty darn classy I and saw that uh, too another yeah. reason why I like Mitchell so much he's a, as a rider fan I mean the stamps are our biggest rivals but it's really hard not to uh, cheer for a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell he just seems like he's a guy that you would want on your team no matter what and uh, I would welcome him to Saskatchewan in, uh, in, in, in an instant but yeah he got involved in there Nick Lewis got involved Brandon Banks <laughs> it was a lot of fun for those of us that waste some of our time on Twitter <laughs> Yeah, it was it was definitely exciting. Uh, some more news out of Regina. Uh, Jeff Tisdale is now back on the market. Now he got cut by. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Okay. Yeah, he got cut by Montreal and then signed in Saskatchewan, yeah. and it still seemed like he struggled with you know the new rules. He, there was yeah. a couple illegal contact uh, calls on him as well, and Michael Sam announced his retirement as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't, I don't even really know what to say about the whole Michael Sam affair, other than, uh, you know, I don't think we're ever going to know the full story here. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's probably, you know, I'm, I'm sad for the guy because at the end of the day, it's a guy who loves to play football, and he's not playing football right now. He's not doing what he loves. 
Um, I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope he figures out. I hope he figures stuff out, um, and I hope he's able to move on from this. But I really don't know. I don't know if you um, if you have any perspectives on it, Travis. I just don't know what to make of the whole thing. There's so much speculation uh, around the story and around how his former teammates may have um, had some ill will toward him and how he just wasn't going to make it. And there's just so much being said. But at the end of the day, it's a guy who's seeing his dreams slip through his fingers, and that's that makes me sad. Yeah, and, uh, you don't want to speculate because we don't have any concrete em- evidence of, you know, what has been said. But we we do know that it looks like John Bowman and Gerald Brown I know. aren't going to be playing. So, yep. And I, I don't know if it's related at all, but Bowman was, he had five sacks in six games and he, he was sitting last game. He's going to be sitting again. Mm-hmm. And it looks mm-hmm. like, the, I don't know if you caught the, the pregame, they were kind of, they were all in the huddle getting pumped up before the game. And then one of the guys yelled, this one is for number seven, of course, uh, referencing John Bowman. So mm-hmm. it looks like his teammates totally don't agree with him sitting on the bench. Well, he's such a he's such a leader on he that is. defense, and of course, this is you know arguably the best defense in the league. And uh, it was I uh, I have him in my fantasy, so I want him back in the lineup. <laughs> Isn't that frustrating? Because he, it's very frustrating. he's he'd be the anchor of your defensive line. <laughs> he kind of sort of is. My defensive line is not is not my strongest area. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, now he's gone. So I don't know if they're going to try to trade him or or what they're doing there. But he's not going to see the field, and he he might never. His career might be over in Montreal as as we know it because benching a guy like that, who's mm-hmm. been a cornerstone of that defense for ten years now, it, it feels yeah. like I, I feel like John Bowman will play forever. You know. Well, and I don't think he's ever played on any other team has he? he's no. always been montreal and the good news for a guy like bowman is if he does get released i don't think he'll be sitting around jobless for very long because he is such he has made such a name for himself um and i think he would get picked up pretty easily by any other team now uh speaking of speculation i don't know if you saw this on uh twitter today twitter is such a useful tool it's kind of... i know what did we do before twitter i don't know <laughs> I don't. I don't know. There were no podcasts before Twitter. I'm just saying. There's a direct link. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Casey Printers is in Vancouver. Okay. So he says he's just up there for a visit, but with the teams that are struggling, you know, with uh, quarterbacks this year, Winnipeg. I mean, uh, Travis Lule. I know a lot. Of, I think that he deserves the whole season to kind of shake off the rust a little bit. But there are a lot of fans that are kind of not happy with how he's performing lately. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm on. I, I'm siding with you on this one, Travis. I mean, I'm a Red Black fan, mm-hmm. so I went through that whole unhappy fans uh, about Henry Burris last year, and yeah. the stuff people were saying about Burris. But at the end of the day, you could not lay all the blame at the quarterback's feet, and I think that's the exact same thing in in BC this year. Um, they've got their fair share of uh, they've got their fair share of receivers missing passes that they should be making. They've got a defense that has been struggling to kind of find itself. And if it weren't for Andrew Harris, I'm not sure they'd have very much good to say about themselves this year. So I don't think it's all Lule, uh, and I'm with you. I think he I think he's earned the spot as starting quarterback. Um, and you got to stick with him this season. But I had not heard that Casey Printers was in his old stomping yeah. grounds visiting. That <laughs> smells of desperation. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, I think Casey, I really like Casey Printers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, towards the end there, he kind of had a bit of an attitude and things like that. But uh, I think he could still help out a team if he still if he if he comes back and he's got his head on straight and he uh, he he just wants to contribute to a team. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in this league because he the numbers he put up that just wasn't an accident. There is some talent in that uh, body. I How think. many years has it been since he since he played? Ooh, it has been a while now because he, he kind of left BC. And then he he went to Hamilton, right? And that did not work out. No, no, that yeah, it has. So I guess it just smells a little like the. But it, I guess it's been Harry, five years. Harry Joseph. 
Yeah. <laughs> last year. I guess it's been five years since he's played already. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, I guess that that in, in and of itself is a bit of a statement about the league and, and the depth it has at quarterback, isn't it? Because if if two years in a row we have to go to, you know, people who haven't played in the league for a couple of years rather than the third string, the second and third strings that we have on our team being reliable enough. That's kind of a scary little statement on quarterbacks and our and the depth we have at quarterback in the league. So, um, interesting. It's just an interesting. I, I feel like six years ago that you're right that there was like no depth for any team when it comes to quarterback, but we're seeing uh, what Trevor Harris is doing in Toronto. Yeah, We're seeing uh, James Franklin in Edmonton, Brett Smith in Saskatchewan. Like These second stringers are actually looking really good, but that wasn't the same a few years ago. Like They'd be calling, you know, your Michael Bishops, and oh, yes. <laughs> he had a cannon, but he wasn't very accurate. Wasn't an accurate cannon. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cannon. He'd throw it over the barn instead of hitting the barn, but... Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, I guess it's just not equal across all the teams because Winnipeg is, yeah. you know, Winnipeg is the perfect example. Uh, Saskatchewan is just a bad break, right? They lose Durant, they have Glenn as their backup, and then they lose Glenn. That's just can't predict. That. Nobody could have seen that. But in Winnipeg, I just, I just, you know, Marv, Marv did pretty, pretty okay. He did okay. The yeah. Argos last week, so that's some hope. But what they have in Brome, I just don't. <laughs> So yeah, you you grew up in Winnipeg. They were kind of yeah. like your first love, and now Ottawa's your adopted team. So uh, at least they're giving yeah. you something to cheer about this year. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. And believe me, I'm used to disappointment as a you know, someone who grew up a Bomber fan. So, yeah. <laughs> since Kahari and Milt left, there hasn't really been much to be happy about. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, fantasy football. Time for the fantasy expose on the Two and Out podcast. All right. So, how is your team looking? Uh, do you have one team, or how are you doing this year? I have one team, and I'm currently sitting in second place in my wow. eight team league. So, I'm pretty. I'm actually pretty happy about that. Uh, my big struggle is that running back. I had. Uh, I. We have two running backs in our, in our teams, and I had Paris Cotton, oh, no. who had a great first game, then did nothing, then now he's out for the season. Uh, and I didn't really have a great backup, but I picked up Rutley a couple weeks ago, so oh, that's great. Then. we'll see some more action. Mm-hmm. And I think he has, uh, when he started a couple weeks ago, he had a great performance, and I, and I think did. they're going to try and work him into the offense a little bit more because uh, he's a great pass catcher, and every, th- every time he touches the ball, I feel like he's so frantic and so he just wants to explode. There's so much energy in him, so he's a fun yeah. guy to watch. Well, and he came he came in last year for a couple games towards the end of the season as well. So I kind of got to see him in action last year. He had at least one pretty decent game for the Owls last year. So I really like watching. He's my style of running back, although he's probably going to get hurt the way yeah. <laughs> he shows no fear. But uh, it's a lot of fun. He's fun to watch. So uh, so I'm glad I I'm glad I hopefully plugged the big gaping hole in my uh, in my fantasy my fantasy team. Other than that, it's not too bad. I've got the Hamilton quarterbacks. I've got Rodgers. I've got Tasker. Uh, Both had big weeks last week. Um, I've got Darvin Adams sitting on the injured reserve, but doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah, you have uh, some... uh, I own uh, Rodgers in a league, and he is just so fun to own, Mm because it seems like every single week... Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I feel like he's the most reliable player and probably the best because he was overlooked, I think, in a lot of drafts. Ottawa let him go, eh? Ottawa let him go last oh, no. year. Oh, uh, And then he came on pretty strong in uh, in um, Calgary towards the end of the season. And I have to tell you, in my little league, I was like seventh to draw, to, to draw so seventh pick overall. Yep. Um, and I said to myself, well, all the good quarterbacks are going to be gone, so I'm going to take... I'm going to take Rodgers because no one's going to take him in the first round. No, I ended up getting Rodgers, and then on the snake draft, I ended up getting Hamilton quarterback. Oh. I don't know how how these guys didn't pick either. Of these you got Hamilton <laughs> in the second round. 
in the second round. <laughs> yeah, you're going to win that draft. <laughs> <laughs> I got some cred here. I got some cred that I have to build up. Yeah, the, Eric Rogers, because he, man, I don't know how he didn't stick with Ottawa because he goes to Calgary and he God. instantly starts playing good. He had, the, he had the great performance in the Grey Cup, and then he's continued it to this year. Yeah, and I don't know that he's long for this league. I think we'll see him down south next year. Yeah, yeah, me too. So let's start mm-hmm. recapping the games from last week mm-hmm. as far as fantasy performers go. I feel like the biggest fantasy performers in Edmonton and Montreal were on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. What a game. What a game. And, and I think we knew it was going to be a defensive battle but oh i own kyler ellsworth in uh me too yeah and he got Mm -hmm. the fumble recovery for a touchdown and it's almost kind of cheating if you have him because he plays linebacker but he lines up at secondary on fantasy yep well that's not cheating come on hopefully they're not listening because i don't want them to change that i really like that (laughs) (laughs) and we were talking brandon rutley and he actually led them in rushing yards last week he did, and unfortunately, he's not who I started. But uh, but I'm not making that mistake this week. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd say he's great to hang on to. He might end up winning the job back. Mm-hmm. So uh, SJ Green continues to be unbelievable. <laughs> continues to be SJ. Just, can you believe that we were talking about him being washed up, like in the off season? People oh. were saying, "Oh, Montreal won't keep him. He's too old." That was I, insane. I know. I know. There was talk last year that the Riders were going to trade for him. And it was this big thing right around the trade deadline, and it never really happened. But I would welcome him with open arms. Like, did you see the one-handed catch he made? I did. I saw it from a bar in Calgary, surrounded by Eskimo fans, actually. So you're... You're from Ottawa watching a game in Calgary between Edmonton and Montreal, and there's a bunch of Eskimo fans in the bar? Yep, that's my life. Wow. That's that's a good summary of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of random, but that that is cool. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It was before the Mumford and Sons concert, but uh, I said to Craig, you know, we have to have dinner. Yeah. have dinner in a bar. (laughs) It's PSN. And so we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I missed the second half, or I missed most of the second half of that game, but I was kind of following along. I guess it was before the Foo Fighters concert on Thursday. I was kind of following along on Twitter, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a doozy of a defensive matchup. So keep Kyler Ellsworth. <laughs> You've yeah. got him. Keep him. My, my girlfriend is an Eskimo fan, and she turned the game off about five minutes into the second quarter because she was so frustrated. But I got her to look at the score later, and I just saw the biggest smile come across her face. There you go. There you go. So there are some defensive players on uh, Montreal that are really stepping up this year. Jonathan Hefney is having an amazing year. I know. Yeah, and it's nice to see. eh? It was nice to see him get picked up. Yeah. It's nice to see him have success with the new rules, um, which I I didn't really doubt. I actually kind of thought he's the kind of back you want uh, if you're playing under these new rules, because he's not known for the clutch and grab, right? I think he's kind of like Alex Suber, who's now in mm-hmm. Saskatchewan and playing really well. They're, they're almost the same size, basically. True. And former teammates. Yeah. So, so you must miss them in Winnipeg now. <laughs> or Ottawa. I'll take them anywhere. One of my dear teams. <laughs> Uh, it looks like Lavarius filled in for John Bowman. He had seven tackles, so he filled in quite uh, admirably. Of course, uh, Chip Cox has another interception. It, it basically every defensive stat that you could have happened in that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Kyrie Seber was back for this one, wasn't he? For his first game of the season. Yeah, he was getting. But I don't. I haven't seen his stats. He had uh, two tackles and a sack, so uh, okay. he had a pretty good uh, debut returning in Montreal. Now, going to Edmonton without a Darius Bowman, Darrell Walker makes his debut and mm-hmm. 10 catches for 125 yards. 25 yards, which was almost the entire offense. Yes! <laughs> On both sides of the ball. <laughs> exactly. So, and who, might, who would have him in their, in their 
That's the thing. Not many people do, so there might be a bunch of people fighting over him to get him this week. But Adarius Bowman looks like he'll be back on the field against Hamilton. Uh, Walker actually only had five yards less than Matt Nichols did in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you caught these highlights, but Jordan Lynch is the third-string quarterback in Edmonton. And he is an absolute special teams demon. Well, he got the rouge. I I was (laughs) so shocked that he was flying down the field like a linebacker. Yeah, no, it was, I did catch, uh, God bless that game highlight section on the CFL website, because when you fall asleep at halftime, you can just (laughs) watch that puppy the next day. And it was, uh, so yeah, I saw some of his, uh, he had a pretty Pretty good game, that Jordan Lynch. And they're actually uh, detailed on CFL.ca. They're not, you yeah. know, just uh, 45 second highlights. They're eight minutes sometimes. And yeah, no, it's great. It's a great little. Um, they're not always so good at getting the stats up on time, yeah. but, they, but they have good highlight packages out there. So, as for the quarterback situation in Montreal, it does look like Matt Nichols, or Edmonton, sorry, it does look like Matt Nichols will be starting. This coming oh, week? Oh, they have said now, okay. Yeah. I haven't heard yet. Or they they had kind of said he was getting the majority of the reps at okay. uh, quarterback, but now they're up against a tough defense, and of course we'll talk about it again uh, in picks, but a couple tough defenses in a row in Hamilton, and this week they have, or Montreal, and this week they have Hamilton, so it's going to be, I think, one of the games of the year. I think that's going to be a pretty darn good game, so I won't be missing that one. <laughs> yeah. As for uh, fantasy performers, uh, it was a pretty slow game, although Shakir Bell, he had 70 yards in his return. Dexter McCoyle's looking great, and Odell Willis, it's good to see him after getting benched, because I'm a big fan of Odell. Uh, oh, who doesn't like Odell? He's got such spirit, is the word. <laughs> the biggest personality uh, you'd ever seen, but he had three sacks. Uh, in that game uh, against Montreal. It seems like Cato, kind of like his magic has kind of worn off a little bit. Defense has maybe figured him out. It's making me wonder, actually, what's going to happen when Crompton is healthy. Because three weeks ago, I was unequivocal. There's no way Crompton's coming back as starter. But it'll be interesting to see now because Cato, I think he kind of has to prove himself in the next game um, if he wants to keep that starting spot so we'll see we'll see how he steps up that is a great point uh because you're right a few weeks ago oh Cato's the guy he's going to take them mm-hmm. the rest of the year now <laughs> maybe they have to reevaluate that uh let's get to a game that may have upset you a little bit uh, Toronto and Winnipeg <laughs> well the good news is I picked Toronto and okay wins, that's good so at least at least I had that did you? What was your record last week? I went three and one. I went three and one. So the game, the game that I picked wrong, I I actually picked Montreal. Me too. Last week, mm-hmm. they were my sort of sleeper pick, and I thought if there's going to be a quote unquote upset this week, that's what it's going to be. And uh, they came pretty close. But... I know they had them to the end of the year, so, or at the end of the game. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. this is a moral victory for me, and because. <laughs> Pickham has been so bad this year, I will take moral victories. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much a 4-0 and week in my book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Toronto puts up 13 points in the fourth quarter to complete the comeback win against Winnipeg, and I think that's their fifth comeback win of the year already. Yep, yep. those uh, comeback kids the Argos are right now. And I think the biggest story of this game, now I don't know, you said you were having running back problems. Was Chad Caggart available? Well, let me tell you, as soon as uh, I'm, I'm going to go look, <laughs> as soon as we're done, oh, I was thinking of that when I was uh, when I was flying home, actually. I thought, shit, I hope Patrick stays available. <laughs> he, what a nice story, though. What a good return uh, for him after fighting through two major injuries. And, and did you see his speech in the locker room when he was given the game ball? Oh. He got all choked up. It's just nice to see. He's a good kid. I'm, I was really happy to see that game for him. Yeah, I get choked up thinking about it. Uh, he had 12 carries for 73 yards. Brandon Whitaker, uh, I don't know what they're going to do now. I feel like that Cackert's going to keep the job until Whitaker's good to go, unless they've got room to have them both on the 
uh, on the roster, unless uh, Josie maybe they kind of put him back on the practice roster so they can have Cackert and Whitaker, and that would be a good team at running back. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty impressive lineup for sure. Yeah, those rookies in uh, Toronto, oh. as far as the receivers are going, like Hazelton, and now they've got another rookie that came out of nowhere. Spencer, yeah. He has another this, great game. Where where does Melissa I don't know who's doing the scouting for the Argos, but where are they finding all of these guys, and why don't they share them? That's what I know. <laughs> well, I know. I'd love them to share that information. It seems like they kind of shared with Hamilton because the Zach Caleros went over there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But you, I just love watching uh, watching these rookies this year. And I mean, Milanovic is an offensive genius, so it's not really yeah. a surprise that he's building up such great wide receivers. But man, they're fun to watch. Yeah, even on defense, AJ Jefferson comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's been playing incredible. And Gregory Jones at linebacker. Some thought that this guy wouldn't be good enough to start in the league. Now he's playing like an all star. <laughs> Yeah, eight tackles last week. So, yeah, no, these, these these guys are really, really quite an impressive team, and yeah. uh, it's it's making the East a lot more fun to watch this year for sure. Yeah, the East is uh, so close. I feel like any team, any week, you never know who's going to win. Uh, on the Winnipeg side of the ball, Robert Marf gets his first start, and mm-hmm. I thought he did. You know, okay, 18 for 29, 203 yards for a touchdown and an interception. It seemed like he was the most popular guy in Winnipeg leading up to this game. Oh, I think had they put Brom in, people would have just left. What a left idea. Like, that's it. We're done. Kind of like that baseball game in Baltimore this year where no one was in the stands. (laughs) It would be like that in Winnipeg. And there would be a riot as well. Yeah. It would just—it would be the reverse riot, then empty field versus empty field, and then there's a riot. Like, how would a Canadian riot go in Winnipeg? Like everybody throwing timbits onto the field or something the like beer that. Beer snake would be involved. Whoa. I know the beer snake would be involved. That is a great point. Uh, Cameron Marshall had a great day: a 55 yep. yards rushing, 84 receiving. Was he available for you? Nope. Oh, you checked, didn't you? I, I checked a few weeks ago. <laughs> Someone snatched him up after almost immediately after Cotton started to to dwindle. So that's that's too bad because he's uh, he's having a great uh, a great season. And again, he's he's one of those backs that's much more physical. Yeah. Uh, not afraid. He's a John Cornish, Andrew Harris style back to the uh, through the um, O line. Whereas I find like the Paris Cottons and the Siobhan Walkers are they're more trying to, to find a hole because if they can get through it they can't be caught but it's hard for them to get through it because they don't have that physicality so Cameron Marshall's another one that I really enjoy watching so if you have them don't let them go a guy that's really frustrating me in uh, Winnipeg that I'm thinking of letting go is Clarence Denmark it seems like yeah. he, if he doesn't have the big you know 60 yard catch he he gives you your two catches for 15 yards and it's getting Tough to own him in fantasy. Yeah, and I have I picked up Darvin Adams a couple weeks ago, so kind of watching his. I put him on my injury reserve, but yeah. uh, he's he's been the him and Nick Moore have been the the big receivers this year. And Nick Moore, I think it's even on your podcast that you guys have talked about. It's always tricky with him because he always sits a few games out with an injury. But yeah. Clarence Denmark is not. Uh, I don't even think he's on pace for a thousand this year. No, he's not. And last year, I think he had his first a thousand yard receiving mm-hmm. year, and this year it is not going to happen unless something. Ha- I don't know if it's uh, you know the chemistry with uh, because it's been a revolving door at quarterback this year with yeah. uh, Drew Willie getting hurt. So maybe that's kind of uh, taking him back a bit. But I've watched, and he's he's not, uh, you know, he's not pouting around the field. He's actually being a really big leader for these young receivers and this young team in Winnipeg. So it's good to see him step up that way. As for the defense in Winnipeg, I mean, Khalil Bass. Khalil Bass, yeah. He's a nice guy to own. Yes, if only I did. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Westerman. Westerman, yeah. Yep. Wow, I, I, I got him, and he's a Canadian. So I don't know the rules you play with. Do you play with a Canadian ratio? We have to have one national player, so it's not that uh, it's not that onerous of a ratio. Who is your Canadian, by the way? 
I have a couple. I have uh, Capricotti from Ottawa. Oh, he's great. Um, and I have, uh, I think I have Ricky Foley, but he hasn't been having the greatest season, so I haven't always been starting him. <laughs> That's what blows my mind. Ryder fans say that they wouldn't be 0-7 if he was starting, but he's not having the uh, greatest year in the world. I mean, one defensive end, I hate to say it, doesn't really win you Make all that team. many games. <laughs> It's it's just not how it's going there. Uh, let's go to the the all feline matching matchup of uh, the Tiger Cats and I the like it the all feline. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know if there's much to say here except for Tim Horton's field. Ten and O, unbelievable. I just don't even. I don't even know. Like, what's in the water there? I just, I don't know how this. What's in the coffee? What's in the coffee? <laughs> That's what's in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee and Timbits. Like they're hardly running the ball. Ray Harley had set, or Ray Holly had uh, seven carries for twenty nine yards, and Tasker has a hundred yards and two touchdowns. So of course you were happy owning him this week. I was shocked that he was not picked up even before he was off off of the injury uh, reserve. Because, Did he not I mean, get drafted? He did, I think he got drafted and then let go because oh. he didn't play. And so whoever let him go, may I just say thank you? Because uh, <laughs> the second I saw him, I was like, yep, <laughs> who, can I, who can I dump? And he had a couple of you know slower games, his first two games out. But, man, did he explode last week. So, uh, so task is a good one. If you have him, don't be silly. <laughs> don't let him go. Isn't Brandon Banks one of the funnest guys to watch in this league? And he got, he finally didn't have the return taken back from him. I know! <laughs> Just incredible. He's an incredibly talented athlete, for sure. He had that 96-yard punt return, but he also had a touchdown with the offense as well. And I own mm-hmm. him in a league, and it's been kind of frustrating because he hasn't been getting offensive snaps. But uh, this week he had three catches, 49 yards. He had the uh, touchdown as well. And then, of course, the punt return touchdown. So he really helped me <laughs> uh, win this week. As for BC, uh, Emmanuel Arsenal finally has himself a good game. Austin yep. Collie had two touchdowns. And that's a really cool story, too. Uh, I don't know if you've been following along with him uh, in the National Football League because he was mm-hmm. a great receiver there. Yeah, he was with the Colts, right? Yeah, and he played, yeah. and I think he most recently was with the Patriots, but okay. he, he had a bunch of concussion issues. Uh, and his best years were with Indianapolis, and then he left and he started uh, mounting up the injuries. So it's really cool to see him, and I'll welcome him with open arms to the uh, Canadian Football League. It's nice to have him here because he's fun to watch. Yeah, he is fun to watch, and he had some really great games early on, and then he kind of got a little case of the dropsy the last couple of games. But it's nice to see, even though it was, you know, a little too little too late um, in the last game, it was still nice to see him kind of find his step again because he is a fun he is a fun kid to watch. So, and I noticed with him, I think he's kind of slowed down now, but he was uh, one of those guys that would throw his arms in the air looking for a flag. Yep. And uh, now he's kind of slowed that down. And what do you think about that rule? Anytime a receiver asks for a flag and they get a penalty. I uh, I know this makes me unpopular with probably the majority of the TSN panel, but I'm okay with the rule. Um, and, you know, I think I said it on one of the uh, one of the around the CFLs that I did for the, the Bleed Red Blacks guys. Everybody on that field has a job to do, and it's up to the coaches who can see the play from multiple different angles because they've got their coordinators up in the booth. It's up to them to decide if they want to throw the challenge flag. The players know the rule. Um, the refs, I listen, I get mad at the refs just like everybody else does, yeah. but at the end of the day, these guys have a really hard job to do. They do it in real time without the benefit of all the replays that we see at home. They don't need, they don't need the players... Um, in their faces, asking for flags on the field. They've got enough to deal with. So I'm okay with the rule. Uh, and for God's sake, the players should know by now. This has happened enough times. Yep. That they've been pe- they're penalized immediately. Mo Price on Saturday, four flags came out. 
within 1.3 seconds. I saw that. And the way I took that one, it was almost like he was signaling to his coach. And Suter had actually made the point that maybe these guys need to come up with like a new sort of signal to tell their coach, like, that was interference. Throw the challenge flag. Well, you saw the dance-off, didn't you? The TSN Yeah. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for a player to do the Carlton. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> I wonder if the refs would throw a penalty at that. Like, that is terrible dancing. Offside, you know? Like, yeah. No, it's, uh, but it's, this has been a really controversial one, too. Yeah. One, and I've got plenty of, uh, plenty of fans, red black fans who I've gotten into little, uh, little tweet matches with about this rule, but I'm okay with the rule. Um, they know it. They can just stop asking for the flag. And let the coaches do their job. Yeah, laying down the law. I like that. Uh, <laughs> let's... You should try living with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I probably would not be able to. Uh, I don't follow rules very well. Or I do, but it just takes me like three weeks, you know, to. <laughs> that wouldn't work out. <laughs> Wash the dishes? I'll do it in the morning. <laughs> Let's go to the Calgary and Ottawa game. Uh, uh, what does what does John usually do? He leaves to get a donut around this time when you talk about Winnipeg losing. Yeah, Can I do that? he goes to <laughs> make a sandwich or you know something like that. And I would not blame you. I do want to ask you though, mm-hmm. Mister um, Danny O'Brien. Do you think that uh, maybe he has made Thomas DeMarco a little expendable there? Well, I know he's punting you know, now. I'm a big DeMarco fan, and I've been a big DeMarco fan since he was a lion. Uh, so I've watched him. Uh, I've watched him for a couple years now. I'm not sure that we can measure DeMarco's performance in Calgary uh, fairly because the guy was on double duty, right? He's yeah, and backup, uh, and got put into the game at QB. So, I mean, I, that's got to screw with your rhythm a little bit, oh, I would yeah. think. Um, so I'm not sure that we should be judging DeMarco's performance based on uh, based on the game on Saturday. Frankly, I don't think we should judge any Red Blacks performance based yeah. on that game on Saturday. You're but right. O'Brien is an impressive guy. He is he is impressive, and he seems pretty able to keep his cool. So I think we've got some healthy competition for that second uh, second string spot. You're right. Maybe it's a game that. <laughs> Should just be erased. <laughs> you know, we all have bad days yep. at work. <laughs> oh, for sure. This was a really bad day. <laughs> Has DeMarco been punting all year? No, no. So Alix is uh, yeah. injured, I guess. I found that out a couple hours before the game, flipping through Twitter. But I, I guess I just assumed that Milo would punt. And then about halfway through the first quarter, I went, <laughs> I, I, I was blown away. I'm like, kind of what what happened here? But the is Milo that bad of a punter? Now I saw Milo in Saskatchewan last year, and Saskatchewan's punting last year was just atrocious. But and he was punt- he was handling both duties last year, right? Yeah, he punting was for a little bit, and then they brought the the guy in that from Aussie Rules Football, and that's all I remember because of uh, that's how uh, Rod Black <laughs> introduced him. Hey. hey, did you know that Luke Tasker is Steve Tasker? Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> exactly. So I just know him as the Aussie Rules Football guy. Uh, and the, the punting was just atrocious last year, so maybe they were like, ah, DeMarco, um, get in there and... <laughs> He did well, okay. the guys, uh, the guy I was listening to our podcast today when I was driving home, and and they grinded some stats, yep. and uh, it turns out that Demarco's punting average after this game is only one yard shy of Alix's punting average. So wow. we clearly have a problem in Ottawa at uh, at punter, and uh, you know I think last year we went after the the receivers to shore up our offense. Now it's time to go after some specialty help. Yeah, and it's not like it was a small sample size because he had 11 punts on no. that game. Really depressing. <laughs> but if you look at the Calgary stats, Maver punted the ball 12 times. It's true. It's just that they had uh, they had so many longer, uh, they had such longer possession of yeah. the ball in Calgary. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you, it was hard. It's hard. You said it. It's hard to, uh, to sit there and 
in the opponent's jersey and yeah. watch that happen to the Chiefs. So it was a rough night. <laughs> My worst streak ever is the 2011 Saskatchewan Rough Riders when Greg mm-hmm. Marshall was car- coach. Mm-hmm. I went to three games three weeks in a row, one in Regina, one in Edmonton, and one in Calgary. And Saskatchewan did not get one touchdown in all three games. <laughs> I'm thinking, why am I wasting gas money on this? They can't even score a touchdown. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah, I, I, that, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it, is there even anybody to talk about on the on the Ottawa side? Well. For fantasy, I'm just looking at the stats here. I mean, Brad Sinopoli and Greg Ellingson are doing okay in uh, sure. without for Chris sure. Williams. And Sinopoli is my, you know, I I'm my uh, university. I went to Ottawa U. Yeah. And Brad Sinopoli's much younger than me, but I still am a season <laughs> ticket holder for the Gigi. So I've I've watched him play ever since he was in college. Um, I was tweeting a lot in the off-season about how much I wanted us to go after him in free agency, and when we did, I was a pretty happy girl. So uh, I did try to get him. I was outbid uh, by someone who could stay up later than I could. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so Brad Snobbly is not on my team, but he is, he you know, three, for, three catches for 50 yards. He dropped a couple that he would, unchar- uncharacteristically for him, I think, this year, but, uh, but he was... He got the most yards, so he wins. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's actually he is on pace for a thousand yards this year, and I he really is. hope he gets it. He looks like, I mean, when he first came into the league, they were just or in Calgary when he first had his mm-hmm. kind of breakout season, they just kept mentioning how he was a quarterback. But now I think he's really shedding that, and now he is going to be known as a great receiver because he's looking like one. He runs great routes. He does everything well, and he makes some circus catches sometimes. He makes some circus catches, but what I love the most about him is he's not their, you know, he's not their deep ball guy, but he's their I will fight for three or four extra yards and get you that first down guy. Oh, for sure. Um, and I love that. I love watching him play, and, uh, you know, the guys the guys on Bleed Red Blacks talk about, a lot, uh, talk about it a lot, but he's you can tell that he like he's a smart receiver, mm-hmm. and you can you can't help but think that part of that is because he was a quarterback. Like he un, he just understands the game so well. Um, so he's he's great to watch, and uh, I've got a I've got number eighty eight on my jersey. So um, I made the mistake of asking him why he chose number eighty eight, and he told me it was the year he was born. At which point, I turned <laughs> around and walked away. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go sit with the old ladies over here now. <laughs> and uh, as for Calgary, Calgary is Calgary. Uh, Calgary is Calgary. Eric Rogers is Eric Rogers. Yep, he is the man. That guy is fun to watch uh, this year, and I really hope they can uh, keep him in Calgary and we don't lose him to the NFL. But if he makes it down there, I'll be rooting for him for sure. Now, yep. this week I think is really tough uh, when it comes to pick them, but let's get to those picks. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. Okay, Montreal and BC. Uh, BC without Elamimian, Montreal on the road, and Vancouver. Who are you picking, Janine? Okay, you're going to put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, I I think I did it last week. I'm going to do it again this week. I'm going to pick Montreal as a bit of an underdog here, and I'm going to pick Montreal because um, I think we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, with Crompton uh, back in practice, I think Cato's got to dig deep and really find He's got to find that rookie that we saw his first game out. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my uh, I'm gonna throw my chips with uh, Montreal on this one. I am gonna go BC. I, I think the BC place factor will be easy, and and the the travel for Montreal might throw them off uh, a little bit. It's always it's always tough it's for a those tough one. Oh yeah, for either team. If it was BC going to Montreal, I'd I'd pick Montreal. But uh, we'll see what happens this time. Now this game, 
for me. Friday night football, Hamilton yep. in Edmonton. It is social media night, so I'm going to the game early. The first 7,000 fans in the stands get uh, an Edmonton Eskimo selfie stick. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so as a Ryder fan, I don't care. I'm going to go get myself a selfie stick. I, I uh, hope you take copious <laughs> amounts of selfies with yourself and that stick. Cause I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm gonna have to. I totally can't wait for it. So Hamilton and Edmonton, I think this one's tough. Uh, who are you picking? I, uh, oh, it is tough. I'm going, I'm going with the away team again. I'm going with Hamilton. Just the momentum that they have, even though they're not at Tim Hortons Field. Um, I think it's going to be a defensive yeah. matchup that those of us who like defense are really going to, are really going to love this game. But where, now you did say that they're getting a Darius Bowman back. I didn't realize that when I first made my pick a few hours ago, but, um, just the Hamilton offense just seems to be so, on compared to the Edmonton offense, and a big part of that is Zach Calero. Yep. I just don't think Nichols has it in him. Yeah, and I want to choose Edmonton here. Now, the simple reason is because Edmonton have looked like juggernauts at home, and they've looked average on the road, and I think the same could be said for uh, the Tiger Cats. They've looked like absolute crushers at Tim Hortons Field, but on the road so far this year, they've looked average. Now, granted, the last Except two games... Except for against Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, they, they came into there. Drew Willie got hurt, and then they... Yeah. <laughs> but they lost in Montreal, and I don't know if it, anybody really expected that. I think this one... Yeah, it is going to be up to the defenses, and Hamilton also lost in uh, Calgary as well, but that is, that's Calgary. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a little bit different situation here. But uh, we've seen it with Matt, Nich- Matt Nichols. Anytime that he gets uh, called out, he kind of steps up and looks great. He did that against uh, Saskatchewan when they went in, and Saskatchewan that's actually true. had their best defensive game of the year. Now... <laughs> I'm just trying to justify the pick, but I'm going Edmonton. I think this game could (laughs) – anything can happen in that one. Um, Saturday, Saskatchewan and Calgary. Sold out Mosaic Stadium. The Stampeders, I think, are all distracted uh, from this Twitter stuff, Jasper Simmons and all that. Interesting. The Riders coming off a bye week. Yeah. you're going to think that I'm just going to be a homer choosing the riders here, but I can see them squeaking out a win Saturday. No, you know what? I, I, uh, this is another hard one. And like statistically, it shouldn't be so. Yeah. Look at 0 and 7 and 5 and 2. It shouldn't be that hard. But, uh, you know, 0 and 7, they haven't exactly lost by, uh, by all that much. Brett Smith had a pretty great, uh, game last week. Uh, not last week because they didn't play, but the week before. Yep. Uh, this one's a really tough one, and I, I struggled with this one. But um, at the end, just to make it interesting and maybe to increase the <laughs> podcast chances of going four for four, <laughs> I have to go with Calgary. They just uh, they just were relentless last game. Yeah. Um, gave them so much uh, positive energy and positive momentum. And what I've always liked about Calgary is, Despite any negativity surrounding that team, whether it be, you know, Cornish is out or we lose five O linemen or whatever it is, they always find a way to win. Sometimes it's ugly, sometimes it's relentless like it was on Saturday, but they just always overcome adversity and they win. Uh, so I'm just, I'm going to go with Calgary for this one. Yeah, they had. They had like a defensive lineman playing O line a few weeks ago, and they're they're still figuring it out. And they lost Lever too again. Like he was yeah. he was getting iced along the sidelines. So I mean, <laughs> what are they what are they going to do? Run out to the high <laughs> the local high school and start grabbing kids? Like they just find a way. They find a way. Maybe they'll uh, call up Gene Mikowski when they're in Regina to come play for them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mean Gene. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Mean Gene, Macho Man uh, Ryder Savage joining later, uh, pretty soon Yay. here actually. Uh, <laughs> Ottawa and Toronto final game of the week Sunday afternoon. Who are you taking there? This is the one that I struggled with the most. I think it's tough too. Yeah. 
this is the one I struggled with the most because Ottawa, now Ottawa bounced back um, after they, they went down to Edmonton twice. They bounced back rather nicely, actually. Uh, but Toronto are just, I, I, nobody expected this from Toronto. No. And they're, they've got the home advantage. Um, but you know what? Why not? For fun, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with all four away teams this week. Wow! And I'm gonna go with my heart on this one. And I'm gonna say that Burris leads his team to a bounce back game, and Ottawa's gonna take this one in Toronto. Well, I guess I'm going all four home teams this week. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto. So if you put our picks together, we are going undefeated. You're welcome. <laughs> I like you. You're fitting in just perfectly on this show. <laughs> so, I th- I would say at this point, maybe the most famous Rough Rider fan in Rider Nation has to be Macho Man Rider Savage. Is that that's got to be the truth, right? I've met some pretty interesting Rider fans, but I think this guy takes takes the popularity contest by far. Well, yeah, the CFL had interviews with him on their Facebook page and everything because I think he went to the Argos and Riders game uh, a couple weeks ago. So I got him on the line, or we're going to call him right now, and we'll see uh, <laughs> We'll see uh, how he's doing. I'm sure he's going to be fired up like uh, old-school macho man. I can't wait. What a great <laughs> night for me to be on. Too. This is exciting. So who was your favorite wrestler in the, in the 80s and early 90s? My favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler is, of course. Oh, there he is! He's the macho man. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. No, yeah. You have no idea how excited I am for this because I was in New Orleans for WrestleMania 30 when Macho Man got in, inducted into the Hall of Fame. So, Macho, I had no idea you were a Ryder fan. <laughs> how long have you been cheering for the green and white? Well, come on, man. This is something you're just born into around here. All my life and all your life, too. The rest of us are all Ryder fans at heart, brother. <laughs> now, now, take me through your game day routine, Macho. Like, how many Slim Jims do you crush on game days? Well, you know, Miss Liz, she don't let me eat too many of them anymore. But, you know, I always manage to get one or two more than what she thinks. <laughs> So, is Miss Elizabeth a Rough Rider fan, or she just kind of lets you follow your own hobbies here? Nope, my Liz, she comes with me to a lot of the games. She does pretty good, kind of watches and cheers along. She's always by my side. And how's your relationship with the Hulkster these days? Oh, there you are. (laughs) That Hulkster. I still don't get along with him very good. No. It's diff- that's a long story, and we'll leave it for the next time I talk to you, brother. Now, now, growing up, I was always such a fan of Hogan and Savage, the Mega Powers. Can we see a Mega Powers reunion in Ryderville? You know what? I'm pretty sure that Hulkster's a Bomber fan, and the only <laughs> way that I'm going to have a reunion with him is in the center of Taylor Field. Right where I pin him on the logo. Oh, no! <laughs> you bring him there. I'll take care of him. Janine. Oh, yeah. Janine, you are a Bomber fan. Can you confirm that Hulk Hogan is a Bomber's I'm fan, too? I'm laughing too hard to confirm <laughs> <laughs> She knows that he is. She's just ashamed to admit it. <laughs> All right, Macho Man, on the Two and Out podcast, we love donuts, and I know you gotta, you gotta keep up the physique. Those biceps are just ooh yeah, like they're just awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, so, that's right. What, what's your go-to donut, man? Mm, well, you hit me with your best shot right there. <laughs> I say I gotta go with a jelly-filled donut because that's something I can just knock the jelly out of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Macho Man Ryder Savage. This Saturday takes me back to 1987. WrestleMania 3. You versus Ricky the Stampeder Steamboat. Pontiac Silverdome. 93,000 people. This Saturday, though, Mosaic Stadium will be sold out. Let loose on those Stampeders. Oh, yeah. 
32,000 of the macho maniacs, Rider Nation, all coming together, one place, brothers, sisters, you name it. And I see you, Bo Levi. I see you in there, and you're coming into my stadium, my cage. I got you for 60 minutes, oh, yeah. And I'm not letting up. We're putting on the pressure. We're putting your twisting you up. And you can tap out if you want, but I still got the rest of you, too. Oh, yeah. Dig it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for Saturday. All right, Janin, Macho Man Rider, Savage. Let's all do it. Ooh, yeah, on three. One, two, three. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Macho. That was awesome, Macho. Macho Man Rider, Savage, Janin. That was awesome. <laughs> Too much fun. <laughs> like so many memories of childhood. <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved Macho, the over-the-top outfits, the cool sunglasses, oh. the elbow drop, everything. It was, that was, when I, I'm going to be at Mosaic on September 19th, actually. I'm going to catch the Red Blacks there, so I have to go find this guy, and we're going to have to meet face-to-face. Okay, so to find him on Twitter is at Ryder Wrestler. You better tweet him. I want to see a photo with you and uh, Macho Man. Oh, we'll get that done. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Janine. Thank you so much for stepping up and uh, doing the Two and Out CFL podcast with me. It was so much fun, and it was you had like half an hour notice, so this was great. No, this was this was great fun. So thanks. I'm you know I'm glad that John is having a nice celebration yeah. <laughs> with his wife for their anniversary. But uh, I'm happy that I can step up and, and do this with you. This was a lot of fun. Now, of course, you're on uh, every week on the Bleed Red Blacks podcast. You have the uh, Around the CFL segment. So tell us where we can find you on Twitter and everything else like that. All right. So you can find the podcast on Twitter at Bleed Red Blacks, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at. Ottawa J, that's J-A-Y. All right, this is great. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Thank you, Travis. Well, ended up throwing that show together. Thank you so much to Janine from the Bleed Red Blacks podcast for uh, taking part. It was so much fun. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, To and Out CFL. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Have yourself a good one. Fraser will be back next week.